Hello there. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I am the hopes for Birth Moms Real Talk podcast. This is a platform for birth or natural mothers to share about their journeys, to share about their stories. We cover the hot topics, the things where no one else will talk about or go there. We cover the truth. We cover grace and healing. This is a place where birth moms and natural mothers can share their journeys. We are not therapists. We do not give advice. So get your therapist. We listen and we allow birth moms and natural moms to share their story. Listen in. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I'm your host for Birth Moms Real Talk Podcast. As you know, this is a platform for birth moms to share their story, to share their journeys, and allow listeners to come and listen in like you got your ear against the window to hear about birth mom stories and hot topics. And hot topics is something that people do not talk about. Typically, I call it the hot potato. I'm so happy to have as my guest today, Donna. Welcome, Donna. Good morning. Thank you so much. Good. Thanks for having me. Good. Good to have you here. Good to have you here. Thank you. And as we always know, is that birth moms, we are... I say we're special, we're special daughter, but we have some of the same stories, but we're different and all stories need to be told. And as we talk about for his hot topics, and I like to say that since Birth Moms launched in 2021, I mean, it's just, I'm overwhelmed, but I'm not Donna because I knew this was needed. And the response has been so overwhelming particularly with the numbers that we're drawing, the downloads, people listening, adoptees calling in or emailing me and saying they're tuning in now, adoptive parents, so the triad, everyone's listening, Not even even those who are not in the adoption arena. So Donna and I are going to have a conversation today about her journey, her story, and about a hot topic. Listen in, listen in, pay attention, because everyone's story is different, even though we're all birth moms, everybody's story is different. And sharing brings us grace and healing, I like to say, Donna. So we want to start with you. So if you'll give us an idea of where you grew up, just in growing up, doing for school or high school, and just take us up to just prior to you becoming that mom. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Um, Well, I grew up in a little tiny rural town near Bakersfield in California. And I was born into a very dysfunctional home with alcoholism and um, drug addiction and mental illness and things like that. And so uh, a majority of my childhood was filled with a lot of fear and unknowns. And um, so as a result of those uh, dysfunctional things going on in the home, um, there was also molestation going on. And as a result of that uh, dysfunction in my home, I ended up getting pregnant at the age of 13. And uh, when it comes to the pregnancy itself, I did not know I was pregnant because nobody ever talked to me about how to avoid being pregnant or, no, I mean, sex was just not talked about. It was actually something that was going on and I was told to be quiet about and not tell anybody. So, um, yeah, I became pregnant at the age of 13, and, you know, as a 13-year-old, uh, you know, with most things, those decisions that are made for you are taken out of your hands. Mm-hmm. 
So I was shipped off to an aunt and uncle uh, that I didn't know. And I lived with them for about 10 months uh, while I did some homeschooling with them. Um, and, you know, it's just looking back on it now, it's like no police officer was ever involved, no social worker, no counselor. My mother didn't ask who it was. My teachers never asked who it was. Neighbors never, like nobody talked about it. And like I said, they shipped me off. Donna, that silence and silence kills. When you said just the words, it sort of like gave me a chill of the fact you were 13 year old and molestation caused you to get pregnant. Just that statement alone, whether it was dysfunctional family, what the fact that it happened, the fact that it happened, and I want you to share what you choose to share or feel comfortable in sharing. But you mentioned for is was this molestation ongoing? And um, I don't know if you want to talk about when it started or first of all, I'm concerned about you. So what was your response, reaction? How did you feel? Uh, did you feel as if you were protected or did 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 when you talked about it? Well, well you, I just I just heard you say no one talked about it. Did you talk about it? I, I did not talk about it, and every one of my siblings were being abused in the home, too, um, and they weren't talking about it. Right. Um, my oldest sister ran away when she was 16, and we didn't see her for 10 years. Right. Um, I feel like she had a way out, and then uh, the rest of us mainly went towards drugs and alcohol. Okay. Um, it was the way we found to cope, because there is a lot of shame. Yeah and uh remorse and guilt as weird as that may sound like you think you did something wrong as a child and so you know i uh i just think there was a lot of denial and unknowns and no talking about it and sort of made it normal in a weird way and so i got shipped off uh stayed with this aunt and uncle which was actually a really good experience they were very kind people they weren't drinkers or drugs uh nothing they just got up every day and cared for me and uh you know they went off to work and and so it was weird though because i was a twin and i was away from my twin and so there was a lot of isolation living with my aunt and uncle because uh nobody was allowed to know that i was there like we had other family there so when they would come over they'd make me hide in the bedroom yeah there was a lot of secrecy and very strange things going on around me that I did not I didn't know what feelings to have towards them so when I came home yeah yeah, I just came home and they brought me back into the same environment which was insane my mom finally divorced about two years after that and um, but I you know I just started drinking very very heavily at a very early age and dropped out of high school and thought you know I was just having fun but really what I was doing is just coping with that through alcoholism right, right. and to cope and rightly yeah. so you had to you had to have some place to put all of this uh, grief trauma 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 That's trauma trauma yep. trauma trauma you know and 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 the idea behind the trauma you were experiencing you're a child you're 13 years old and yeah. of just someone who's even an adult of anything is like, oh, you're going through something. Just I think just acknowledging it. I bring this up because you hear me talk about all the time that silence keeps you sick. Secrets and silence keep you sick. 
And yes. because it, it goes on. And one thing I heard you say, well, if no one's talking about it, then it either it's normal or it's okay. But it's not okay. It's not okay. And and I, yeah, I get on my platform. That's that's why that's, that's why this podcast is here because I wanted birth moms like you, Donna, to have this voice because you yes. were you silenced yourself and you were silenced for how many years? How many years did you just not talk about this because it's it's it was just too deep? Uh, twenty six. Twenty six years. Now that's twenty six years. That's a long time for you. To not only you know knew what was going on, you knew what happened to you, and for no you came out. But did anyone ever address or have no to this no. day? Um, well, I'll just say that um, when I relinquished um, that baby, I didn't get to name him. Okay. I didn't know where he went. I didn't know what city or state or who the people were. It was a closed adoption. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I uh, kind of dropped out of high school and I just started drinking and I drank for 26 years. Okay. But at some point, the drinking didn't numb the pain or get mm-hmm. the trauma out of my brain. And so mm-hmm. I made the decision to get sober. And that's mm-hmm. when I started seeking counseling. Right. And I saw a counselor once a week for four years. Uh, I was living in Nevada at the time, and that's when I started talking about it. And uh, I really wanted to find uh, my son is really what I wanted to do. I wanted to get sober, and I just wanted to make sure that he was loved and that he was cared for and that he was given everything that he needed. It's just something that was, you know, he was always on my mind. He never left my mind. And... um, so yeah, I got sober, and uh, two years in, I decided to start looking for him. And it's okay. as if my—I I believe in God. It's as if God yeah. said it's your time to meet Him. Uh-huh. And I uh, actually got a fax from the hospital um, for my records. They wouldn't give me his because it's a closed adoption. Right. But on that, um, those records was the name of an attorney, and I decided to call him. And I can't believe the guy actually answered the phone. <laughs> All right. And uh, he said, he said, divine intervention, that was your time. Yeah. Oh, it was our time. It was his time and it was mine. Absolutely. And so, you know, talking to my uh, mom about finding him, she told me it was a mistake. She didn't like talking about him. And really the bottom line is, I believe, is that she looked at it as something she didn't protect me from. And she didn't want to look at herself. That's basically what it was. And... You know, my mom only had the tools with which tools she had to do what she did. And so I I held a lot of anger about that a lot for a long time, but I don't now. Because she only had the tools that she had, and she just didn't have a very big toolbox. Say that again. Say that again, Donna. She just, she only had the tools she had. She she did not have a very big toolbox. That's a big statement. Because, you know, I relate to that. I've come to terms, my family just weren't capable of giving yep. me what I needed. I still needed it now. So not denying what my, what I didn't need, but they just weren't capable. And, and that's, I like to call that too, Donna, a life lesson that whether it's adoption or anything else, when you're affiliated or with someone who's not able to give you what you need, you're still lacking of it, but recognizing the fact of that. Because we have to decide to, are we going to still, not necessarily seeking from somebody else that we can't, that they're not able to give? 
but but that's a big part. First of all, congratulations on even after 26 years, you deciding and knowing what you needed to do and getting sober to look for your son. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I just celebrated 20 years of sobriety on September 5th, and my life has changed. And as a thank you, yeah, it's been it's been a great. Uh, lifestyle change and you know when we talk about uh, my mom or those around me that uh, I believe should have done something in order for me to have personal healing and and grace and forgiveness for myself I have to forgive others I cannot change what's happened in the past but if I want to do better and I want to feel better it's what I need to do is have forgiveness for their lack of I don't, I don't know why, I don't want to say caring, but lack of their ability to like, I don't know, call the police and get an investigation going and blah, 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 right? Well, but like I have, you. I've... Protection, yeah. protecting you. You're a 13-year-old. You're a yeah, I mean... Yeah. And even the doctors that saw me never asked. So, you know, I mean, it was from at home all the way to the physicians yeah. to the delivery. Like nobody asked, like, why is this 13-year-old pregnant? So, who knows, did my family tell a lie in order for that to be okay? Right. Possibly. Um, do I think Maya will ever hear of that? Well, my mom passed away March of 2020, but prior to that, I just don't think she would have ever told me that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she passed with me having forgiveness in my heart, yes. and, and that's how I heal. Yes, yes. And that's true. I'm glad you said that because I, I talk about that also because I, I came to to be at that point of just forgiving what I did not have and did not get and knowing that my parents did the best they knew how. Um, it was still a situation for me, but that's like recognizing and having the faith and believe. Now, going back to your statement, you said you said you wanted to make sure your son was loved and cared for. Now, I've made this statement before. I'll make it again. Birth mothers, whether they uh, place open, closed, we love our children. So don't get it twisted (laughs) to think because we placed that we don't love our children. That is the that's far farthest from it. And unfortunately, that may be a scenario that people may think. But we're here on Birth Moms Real Talk and this platform to let you know birth mothers love their children. Even those, Donna, I would say, that it's so hard for them to even have a reunion with them. I get that question sometimes. And just a couple of weeks ago, uh, an adoptee had asked the question and said, have you run across any birth moms who either wanted to be on your podcast or whatever who do not want to meet their children? And have they said why? Now, I have not recorded any podcasts for any birth moms, and I shared that. But I said I have talked to some birth moms the pain and, and is so deep and they've buried it for years whatever 10 15 20 30 40 50 years it is hard for them so hard that right now they're not ready to dig up that pain because that's what it would take for them to meet their child doesn't mean yes they don't love i agree their child. doesn't mean they don't love their child but it's so hard so that is my explanation with that i'm not that mom but I, I know I've heard from some moms about why they may not want a reunion. And it's I've never heard it say, I don't love my child. I don't love that child. I've never heard that. And I don't think I ever will. I don't think yeah. I ever will. Yeah. But but Yeah, my empathy and 
empathy and compassion for people has grown immensely since I got sober and we all have different journeys and um, you know we all have different ways to heal and right. and what works for us we know what works for us and so yeah I, uh, I, I called like I said I called that attorney and lo and behold he told me that I actually he said I knew the family uh, I was a personal friend I did three adoptions for them mm-hmm. uh, they adopted three boys and your son he told me that my son had been looking for me for uh, a year wow. and uh, by law he wasn't allowed to give me his information but sure. he took mine and before I knew it within a three-week period. I received a letter in the mail uh, from Heath. His name is Heath, like the candy bar. Okay. Um, and uh, I always say that because people think I'm calling him Keith, uh, <laughs> but it's actually Heath, and he okay. always loved the Heath name. He's like, somebody named a candy bar after me. He used to crack up about it. <laughs> does so, he love, um, does he love Heath candy? Does he like Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. And then, uh, so, yeah, I, I it, letters in the mail, we swapped letters, lots of cards, pictures going back and forth, and then it was emails, and then it was phone calls, and then uh, his parents actually invited me to their home. Wow. So I had lots of support from some local people who paid for airline tickets and sent me with lots of cash to go just have fun with this person. People all I knew, everybody in sobriety helped me with that and some people at my workplace too. And so I went over there for a week with uh, lots of cash in hand to go out and go into national parks and he loves national parks. And yeah, and so what did you find? Totally. Yeah, totally. Well, I love I love to swim, and they call him Water Boy. They just oh, could not wow. get him out of the swimming pool. Um, we look a lot, a lot alike, okay. if you saw a picture of us. Um, but we both are very kind of easygoing kind of people, go with the flow type of deal. Um, uh, yeah, I just he's a very kind person, loves animals, mostly dogs. He just loves dogs. and. Um, but you know, my son really suffered from alcoholism and his family was pretty much baffled before they met me because their religion, uh, requires that they don't drink alcohol, uh, and don't have alcohol in their home. And so, you know, here they have these three boys and one of them's out of control with alcoholism. Um, you know, dropping out of school, getting in a lot of trouble with the law, uh, still living at home when I met him when he was 26. Um, so they were, they were pretty baffled as to why he was doing what he was doing. And so, you know, me talking to them about alcoholism and how that affects families, um, I think they had a better understanding of that. Right. And, you know, my son and I for 14 years, uh, had an incredible relationship. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, he, um, he never had any anger towards me about me relinquishing my parental rights to him he just invited me into his fold and his arms and his heart as if no time ever missed and uh you know i'd said to you uh you know over the last couple of months that like um you know that i actually lost him to suicide unfortunately uh may uh, 30th of 2018 um, and again, I think that was his alcoholism. I think he lost hope and, and he took his own life. And so I had an incredible, incredible journey with him for 14 years. And I cherish every one of those moments. And I have all these letters from him and yeah. all these. Be- I mean, he even lived with me for a while, oh, wow. um, which was okay. 
incredible for about yes. 10 months he lived with me and my other children his younger siblings and um, I had named my daughter uh, Heather so there was a Heath and a Heather he always thought that was pretty amazing wow. and so you know we got to know his younger siblings and yeah. Um, yeah. I got to know him you know as a person on a daily basis and yeah. um, that was a pretty it's just been an incredible journey with him and uh, you know my heart is broken that he had to go the path that he did but again we all have our own journeys and mm -hmm. I, I if and I could have done something different to make him still be here I would trust of course, me of course now you mentioned and I, I think that's a key thing in discussing pretty much uh, alcoholism drug addiction or whatever in families that does cause trauma you just mentioned your scenario of what you went through with molestation was in the midst of that as other families have been and a lot of times for us, we, we have to look at, I like to say, the root cause. And as you mentioned for us and him taking his life, it was something going on in him. And I'm so happy to know that you had those 14 years. Nobody can take those away from you, Donna. You had no. that time. And, and, and that's why I always will ask question, what are the similarities? Because that nature versus nurture... Oh, that's big because yeah. no matter how long apart or far, how, how long we're apart from our children, they still got something from within us because I always talk about that nine months or 10 months or whatever number of weeks that they were growing, we were growing them. Oh, they picked up for us parts of our DNA and just the whole cells and so forth. So it's, it's nothing, there is going to be some limit, similarities. You just have to figure out which ones they are. And, and I like yeah. that you said for us in forgiveness and for yourself, you're not forgiving another person for what they do. You get that forgiveness is healing for yourself. And that yes. whole thing of silence and so forth and talking about that. And as we say, you have brought up something that a lot of people to this day don't talk about. They don't talk about that incest or molestation. They know about it now. They know about it. That's why we talked yeah. before is the silence itself. And, and that itself, I call it a hot topic because if you hear about it, it's in whispers. It's in whispers. And, and I, I have my own personal, I don't say Pat P, when you hear people whistling, whispering something, why are you whispering? Why can't you talk out loud with it? Now, I understand not everyone's ready to be vocal, public, or whatever, like I am. Hey, Yvonne went on blast and podcast around the world. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of people listening because that's part of my healing. And just, just right. take the mask off. Take the perpetrating off. Tell the truth. Transparency will bring you healing transparency yes. will bring you healing i say that listen to me transparency will bring you healing so i encourage all of you who are listening now i don't care whether you're in the adoption triad or not because you know donna there are a lot of other secrets separate inside from adoption and incest and all of that so it's like until you tell the truth because the truth will make you free it will make yes. you free not not have, it'll make you you can't have nothing but to be freedom when you do that but, but I couldn't us, agree with you more. Yes, yes. So so talk to the people out there. And let's talk a bit more about for is that forgiveness, how that can bring you that grace and healing. And, and that whole idea of how can, I know you were 13 then. It was not 
you were, you were probably wondering, but as you say, nobody was talking to you. No one was asking you, why, why are you a 13-year-old pregnant? Nobody, no one, and I heard you say somebody didn't even ask you, well, who would have been the person? Who? Right. No, it, it could be, it could have been the bus driver. It could have been uh -huh. the doctor's office. It could have been the dermatologist, actually, uh -huh. that discovered I was pregnant. Uh -huh. But no one, no one asked. And, and really, I think that uh, having transparency and being incredibly vulnerable, finding a trusting, compassionate, empathetic, loving counselor is what worked for me um and after heath died uh i sought counseling again still actually do counseling yes. and i did for once a week and so it takes effort on my part to make sure that i attend those appointments and that i'm truthful about how i'm feeling and yes. the things that i went through um i also joined a bereavement group for parents who have lost children um you know, to whether it be suicide or right. cancer or car accident. Right. So uh, we meet twice a month um, and face-to-face uh, -face and, and get together with other people that have right. had that same, ex same experience. And so for me, mostly it's about transparency and vulnerability and self-care, right. making sure that I do this work because I am now realizing that I am important, Yes, you are. that I matter, Yes. yes. And that I am worthy of love and kindness and empathy yes. and compassion. And I did not think that way for many, many years. Yeah. yeah. Which, which was, when I say expect it, if you've not received it, if we don't receive something, we believe we don't deserve it. And we have to believe we deserve it and, and, and have that, uh, that grace and whatever that will help us overcome Whatever, shame. Because, see, the difference between four is in feeling guilty versus shameful. Shameful, you don't believe you, you, you believe you're the problem. Shame is believing yes. something you've done has made shame or brought shame on the family. And I go back to, because my, my birth was, my, 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 um, my um, son was born in 1973. And so it was okay. putting it on... Okay, anyone born out of wedlock, you know, I probably, regular listeners, you're probably used to me saying that. I was told as if I could, if your child is born out of wedlock, it's like he's illegitimate. How, how is he, he's here. How can he be, Ill? I mean, it just didn't make sense to me. But that was the sense was the fact that, you know, there was other names that was called or whatever. It just didn't make sense. How can something be illegitimate if they're here, they're real? But it was that's yeah. how society painted it. That whole thing of the girls who went away or sent them to the home and just don't talk about it for years. And that hurts them. Like I said, my parents went to their grave, not talking about it for 50, 60 years. You yeah. Know? And it's like, I, I couldn't do it. I, you know, I joked on Donna. I said, I'm like a bad refrigerator. I can't keep nothing. So, I mean, <laughs> and because I have to share it. I have to share it, you know. So, so yeah. let's, let's talk more about Forrest. And you said one, one important thing. You, do, you are doing your work. You're doing your grief work. You're doing your trauma work. Because ladies, women, birth moms out here, we have to do the work. We have to do. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm, I'm. I'm still. I still do therapy. In fact, I had a session this morning before 
<laughs> a lot of times I need a session before I talk to somebody. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But but therapy, mm-hmm. support groups, I do writing and journaling, all of that to you. I even went belly dancing on Saturday, Donna. You know, it's like, yeah. because it's self care. Like I'm a side setup in uh, next week or whatever. So we we yeah. we as moms we've gotta do that. And and or else or else we, we will we will we'll pack in that bitterness and and not look for healing and be holding holding arms against someone and and, and you the one suffering. That's not doing you any good. Not yeah. whatsoever. Not whatsoever. So obviously the yeah. hot topic today is molestation, incest, or whatever. That's hard for a lot of people even to say the words, Donna. Don't you think? Oh, it, I, yeah. I mean, I know it. I don't just think it. I know it because that's how I lived for years. And, you know, I'll just reiterate that, like, I believe the vulnerability I was able to have uh, because I trusted those two counselors. Mm-hmm. And I'll include my sponsor in that, who I've had for 20 years. Um, they are loving, all loving, kind people who told me that I am worthy of love and kindness and yes. empathy and compassion. And they showed that through consistency and mm-hmm. communication and so uh, me just being able to verbalize some of the things and really after my son died the second counselor that I saw um, encouraged me to do artwork and that's uh, really where a lot of more layers of the onion got peeled and I ended up uh, doing my own website to address incest uh, and it's incest pregnancy.com and or they can reach me at um WCDTT2021 at gmail.com. Uh, um, so it's We Can Do This Together uh, 2021. We Can Do yeah. This Together 2021. You get that list at gmail.com. So um, yep. Or go at gmail.com. And uh, I have a Facebook presence, although, uh, you know, there hasn't been a lot of people that have, there hasn't been anybody that joined it actually yet. But I have confidence that there are more people out there that went through the same thing that I did and that maybe they're seeking just somebody to relate to, which that's what I'm seeking. Um, Another place to heal, another place to be vulnerable, another place to be 100% honest and open. We, we know so, there are others out there, Donna. We know. We don't yes. have to wonder. We know. Yeah. It's the key thing on when and if they become ready to talk to someone else who's been through it. See, that's the scenario I always encourage people, that people tend to feel more comfortable and with talking to someone who's experienced. And they can say, been there, done that, don't want the T-shirt, but we can, we're in this together. Because that's why, that's what you see for is, oh, there's birth mom support groups, adoptee support groups, birth parent support groups. You relate because you're in the same situation. That's why you can understand. Whereas when you're talking to someone else who's like you, well, you don't have to explain the feelings and what you went through because more than likely they went through the same thing. And, and yeah. I, like, I like your motto, we can do this together. I say that all along because it's it's some different, whether it's moms or adoptees and so forth, if you isolate yourself and you're out there, you do feel alone. I've actually had people who have listened to the podcast and I've actually heard these words. I didn't know there were other birth moms out there. 
They said that because they didn't. Because they didn't. And just by them knowing that, it's like, wow, there are other people I can talk to and listen to. That's some of the responses I get from the different episodes of the podcast. Wow, her story is similar to mine. I can relate to that. And when we can relate to something, we feel more comfortable in sharing even more about that. Mm -hmm. And that is the key thing with that. The more we share, the better we are healing. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit more now. That was what year that you were 13 and had your son? 70. um, In the 70s? 77. Okay. In 1977. So let's talk about for is what what's different from 1970 in the 1970s because mine's are 73 the 1970s to now because again there's still stuff going on in secrets and in silence if the same scenario would happen now donna that you were aware of a 13 year old pregnant would people be concerned? Would they go to her and ask her what happened or what do you need, whether I can be there? Do you think that would happen these days? I think it would happen more nowadays than it would back then. Because of? Well, I, I'm not really sure why I have that feeling. I suppose, you know, there's a lot more awareness. There's a lot more social workers inside of schools doing uh, work. There's a lot more ability to kit for, for young people, young teenagers, uh, to have access to uh, phones or ways to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more, you know, when you go into certain, like, um, you know, when you're traveling and you go into these little travel centers on some of the back of the bathroom doors, if you're having trouble, there's these certain That's numbers true. that you can call. Um, there's just a lot more, I think, awareness about this today than there was back in the 70s. I mean, you know, I never carried around a cell phone back in those days. Our right. phone was connected to the wall. We couldn't Absolutely, leave the house without it. Yeah. Or a phone so, booth. <laughs> you just found outside yeah. a phone booth or whatever. And that I would so. just, I would hope with all my heart that there would be more ability to bring this forward. You know, I, I see it sometimes in books that have been written. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of that one really, uh, that one story that was in California about a young lady who uh, was kidnapped and ended up having uh, a couple children and wrote a book about her experience. And so there are a lot more literature out there today. Yeah, uh, for yeah. people, I don't know necessarily about 12 or 13 or 14 year olds, how often they would be able to look at that stuff. But right, right. I don't know. I think as adults, we would have a lot more awareness and ability to communicate compared to what we did, you know, right. 40 years ago. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I do agree with you that I think it would be more access or people knowing what's going on. That whole secrecy and silence, I will tell you, I, 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 I'm on the line with that. Because there's still so much stuff held in for years in family. I speak about it because I came from a dysfunctional family. And a lot of things that, you know, of course they're older now, that who knew about different things and still not talking about it. 
and and it's and it's like I don't know the word to describe it is like when you mention and and maybe this is something we can talk about when you when you start telling your story 26 years ago or it took you 26 years when you start telling your story um, people not necessarily in the adoption did did outside people maybe people who knew of you were mm-hmm. what was your, their reaction were they there supportive or saying you know we're here for you now or I'm sorry you went through that. Do you get that or did you get that? Oh, goodness. Well, you know, I I would say I still have a, a lot of shame around that. And so I honestly don't tell a lot of people okay. who the father is. Okay. Um, but the people that I have, you know, I have some real close friendships, uh, a handful. Mm-hmm. That's it, a handful okay. uh, that I have told, and they are nothing but loving and kind okay. and supportive and non-judgmental. Um, you know, I mean, just saying out loud that you were molested by your own father and had a child like that's a it's a yeah. pretty oh yeah heavy thing to that say is. out loud. That is. And that is. I guess I suppose I'm doing it now on the, on this <laughs> yeah, show. Yes, you um, are. But I just feel like it's time. I really do. I just feel like for something is telling me in my gut that it's just time to start talking about this more because the more we talk about it, the more others are talking about it. And the more it gives people comfortability and the ability and vulnerability to, to be honest about what they went through. I mean, you know, I heard about you through another person that was on your show that wrote a book. And I read her book and I was dri- I was just so... Um, grateful for her writing the book and telling her story because then it gave me the ability to talk to her about my own story mm-hmm. so i think it it's a helpful thing to do um and for for a long time i didn't uh and i again i still keep it to just a few people of here course. you know that i know so of course, of course. Um, and see the key thing and that's what i think i shared when we did our pre-talk or whatever for the fact that you're be called a coming out or whatever, <laughs> talking about your your experience, that's going to bring some other people out. And I don't know wh- whether you may not have spoken for us publicly. When I um, came out and and was publicly and I've spoken on stages and conferences and whatever else, every time someone comes up to me afterwards or sends me a note or whatever, and it's almost and I call it like. Like the Me Too movement, there's a Me Too movement <laughs> related yeah. to adoption because there are others out there that can say Donna, Me Too, Donna, yes. Me Too, without no, without knowing or even in whether whether who whoever it was in the family, but just saying, yeah, I went through that too, yeah, I went through. Yes. That. that's powerful. That is powerful. Because that's in your voice and in your words that you're expressing right now. And so that's why I talk about the power of your voice. Your voice can move millions. And I'm not exaggerating. Millions. Because mm-hmm. people simply maybe are waiting for when this is your time, as you said, Donna, but able to share your story and your share, your story impacting others across the world across the world and i say that yeah. to others who are, i know everyone's not not necessarily at the point where donna is i am or the other podcast ghosts uh, uh a guest that we've had on but listening in shares and hopefully you're gonna if nothing else you deserve everything you're worthy you are worthy 
If you just keep repeating that, that will allow you to know that I can give myself self-care whether anybody else is giving it to us to me or not. Because a lot of times we moms have to realize that and not wait for others and just say, I'm going to do this for myself. I'm going to spend time with myself. I'm going to give myself a, a massage or go somewhere to the park or serenity. See, I'm a nature person, so I'm out of the I grew up in the woods. I like the woods of serenity by water and all of that. And all of that is soothing to your soul. And the more you give to yourself, the stronger you become. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely a kayaker and I love to go to the Oregon coast. So, yeah, outdoors is so important. Having that solitude to uh, rejuvenate, not isolate, but solitude solitude's important that is it that is it and to me donna i like to say i like my company that's what i would say when i go to places by myself because i like my company and that is my time that's my time yes. what you call it processing meditating or whatever and i and that brings me in my zone and i want all the listeners I, it doesn't matter what you whether you're in the triad or not just in whether you've experienced and let's just talk about <laughs> trauma is more than just adoption all of us been through trauma for the past two and a half years. Let's face it. All of us yes. been through trauma for the last two and a half years. And we have to face that because I, this is my own take on it. It's going to come out one way or another. And a lot of times it's, it's slashing out. I think road rage is increased and everything else is increased. And it doesn't have to be. So we've got to be able to manage, let it out when we can, get some therapy, get some groups or whatever. So you can really pace yourself for your own forgiveness for others and yourself. If you're feeling like you need to forgive yourself as well as grace and healing. So yes. wrapping up today, Donna, any last thoughts you'd like to tell the listeners? Uh, you know, just if you can find somebody trusting to be vulnerable and seek forgiveness and healing will come. It will just come. And we all have different journeys. My story is different from probably everybody else's. Um, mm-hmm. But we all have at least, you know, been here and relinquished a child and we never stopped loving him that's it. we just have i never stopped loving my child that is it that is it and 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 people need to hear that more and more because i've heard i've heard and others have said that and maybe for themselves or just other people talking well if you place your child then you no 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 don't go there you're putting that together and you're assuming all mothers love their children. All mothers love their children. That is just a yes. fact. And that's a starting point. If you didn't get anything else from this, other than for us and Donna and talking about it. And we can do this together. We can yes. do this together. Give your contact information again, uh, Donna, before we uh, It's WCDDDTT, I mean. Uh, 2021 so it's we can do this together 2021 at gmail or you can find me at incestpregnancy.com and i'm also on facebook with that as well Uh, it's a private uh facebook website so 
Um, but you can find my website through the incestpregnancy.com too. Very good. And Donna is one of um, our, I'm going to say the podcast, the newest podcast guest. And you're not, I don't think you're the only one who's talked about molestation. I, I first of all, thank you for your bravery, your courage of coming out and doing it because it's going to heal others and let people know that we all have different stories, but we're still the same. Yeah. We're still the same. So thank you. Yeah, we are not alone and we can do this together. We can do this together. Thank you all for listening in. Birth Moms Real Talk podcast. As I said, I'm I'm blown away by all of you and for your response and supporting us. So go to our Facebook page, which is birthmomsrealtalk.com. Taking hiatus for the summer, but... Uh, recording new podcasts like this for our season three that we're starting in October 2022. We're going to go back to our Facebook Lives on Saturday that we have a triad on and we talk about the real talk in public. And I say in public because it's not a private closed group. So we want everybody in the world to hear us talking because other, that, that makes them know that we are not ashamed. We're coming out of possibly some people in shame, but the more and more we talk publicly about it, that lets them know. Because a lot of people get ideas, and if you don't know, you make up your own stuff. Don't make up any stuff. Learn learn the real deal. Learn the real deal. Support us on Patreon, because this is uh, <laughs> through my company, Phoebe Marketing Group, Global Phoebe Marketing Group, because I, it, this is important to me. I wanted to do a platform. Are looking for supporters and present supporters of the of the podcast, but you can support us on Patreon.com. So go on our, our website, BirthMomsRealTalk.com. And if you're a birth mom out there who haven't shared their story and want to, please go on our website and share your story, send your information. I'll be in touch to record. You've been listening to Birth Moms Real Talk podcast with host D. Yvonne Rivers. We've had it, I guess, today, Donna, as well as other different podcasts. Tune in to learn the real talk. We talk real talk here. No skating over, no for sugarcoating it because reality and truthfulness and really coming out of the shame and the silence and the secrets from keeping you sick, we's free, I like to say. See you yes. next time. Thank you. You have been listening in to Birth Moms Real Talk Podcast, a platform where birth moms and natural moms share their stories, their journeys. If you are a birth or natural mom and wish to share your story, please go to our website at www.birthmomsrealtalk.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Birth Moms Real Talk. Join our private Birth Moms Real Talk Village, a private Facebook and a monthly Zoom, a welcome package with a journal and book readings. Support us through Patreon, on our website, or PayPal. We are the place of grace and healing. See you next time.